This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Two backs drafted outside of the start of round 10 help shape the running back position in fantasy football last season. Leonard Fournette and James Conner. Another two. Cordell Patterson and Eli Mitchell changed the landscape of maybe even your fantasy league. Um, so today, Aiden Winks, Josh Norris, give you six names, the six sleepers we think that might be able to do the same this season and end up being massive values in your drafts. Hayden, hope you are well. First question I have for you, how do we get to identifying these types? Like, what do we look for? Yeah, so I think there's two things for me. The first thing is how often do do these teams actually use their running backs? Like, for example, the Bucks last year, why Fournette and why James Conner with the Cardinals went off is because they are good teams. You know, like you're, it's very hard for a really bad running back to have or be a sleeper on a bad team. And then the other part is how big are you? Can you actually handle a three down workload? And that's kind of the debate and why we talk about player archetypes so much. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw out a name who I don't even think is that good at football, but just the fact that he can play three downs is a win. We only care about if then statements. These are sleepers for a reason. These are not NFL starters. What happens when the player in front of them misses time? What's their workload going to look like at, at that point? I think underdog fantasy drafters have gotten a little bit smarter with this too, because last year, you know, ambiguous backfields, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, but also the former feature backs and new homes who are kind of underappreciated. There's not that many of those that, are available to us with the parameters that we have set out. Again, that is the start of round 10. So that's an underdog fantasy ADP of 120 plus. We're also going to talk about the running back insurance, the running back handcuffs, maybe not the common names and some other ones that people might be overlooking. Again, those parameters force us to leave out the likes of Armandre Stevenson, who hopefully people on this channel, if you've tuned in, you know that we have an entire clip of him on the channel. I love him. Chase Edmonds. Melvin Gordon, some other types. So again, we're trying to be very strict here with the term sleepers. And Hayden, because of that, I'll allow you to go first. Pitch your first name to me. So this is Isaiah Spiller, and this is who I was talking about, where you and I, when we're doing our NFL draft videos, we saw somebody that can make a, a guy miss in, in space, but we didn't see the exact explosiveness. But I don't really care about that. He's six foot, 217 pounds. He had 200 touches uh, in the SEC in three straight seasons. Then he was an uh, early declare. He caught 29, 20, and 25 receptions. When I watched him, this dude can actually pass protect, and that's very rare for to say about some of these incoming uh, running backs in the athletic Daniel Popper. He already lists Isaiah Spiller as the RB2, and part of the reason why that is is the Chargers already just drafted him in the fourth round, which is kind of a lot uh, in, in today's NFL, and he's competing with Josh Kelly, who averaged 3.2 yards per carry, and right. Larry Roundtree, who averaged 2.4. I mean, the competition here is so so minimal. So if Isaiah Spiller, I think he's going to be the bruiser. He's not going to be uh, like a flex play. But if if something happens to Austin Eckler, I think Isaiah Spiller has a three-down profile. And guess what? All of a sudden now you have the Chargers uh, starting running back. And Justin Jackson was a league winner. He was like the yes. RB2 in a week in, in the fantasy playoffs. I don't see why Isaiah Spiller can't have that too. Running back 16, uh, excuse me, week 16 or week 17, Justin Jackson went absolutely off. A lot, a lot of people to get to the best ball mania finals. Um, 
Isaiah Spiller, as you outlined, going as running back 45, an underdog right now, 138 overall ADP. A couple of things that you said. One, he's coming out of a Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M offense. This is very much different than maybe the Texas A&M, Johnny Menzel offense that you knew of 10 plus years ago, right? This is very much a pro style. It's very much three down work, and he has all of, of that ability. Uh, as you also said, they have been trying to search for a backup running back for Austin Eckler, whereas some regimes viewed him as a satellite back, a, an air back. Obviously, he was no longer that last season, but a fourth-round pick previously in Joshua Kelly, then even Larry Roundtree, and as you said, Justin Jackson's not even on the roster. If he comes in there, Isaiah Speller, who is very young and maybe has some growth to his game and cements that running back two spot, this is a smash position. And I don't know if it's because of the 20, you know, touchdowns that Austin Eckler scored inside the red zone last season and how many of those he can eat up. But if you just overall have the backup running back as running back insurance at the very least to a passing offense or an offense in totality that we want among top three, top four, top five across the league, again, as running back 45, it's an easy one for me and going after a bunch of his fellow rookies who we didn't even love their tape either. Yeah, this class wasn't very good. The other thing about uh, sleepers is I like the backup running backs to the early first and second round fantasy picks because guess what? If you have the Isaiah Spiller team, that means, and if he's in your starting line, that means the Austin Eckler team is looking pretty dusty. They just drafted him uh, sixth overall. So I want to kind of play that little leverage game. When I'm right, that means somebody else is very wrong. And I think right now I like Austin Eckler and Isaiah Spiller uh, just because of the Chargers offense. And hopefully an improved offensive line as well. Well, let's stick in the vein of these rookie running backs. You've heard me say it before, but now's my real chance to grab the platform. Ty Davis Price of the San Francisco 49ers going as running back 50. Put that in the context. That's the same range as Zach Wilson, Corey Davis, Gerald Everett. So while even if you don't love the rookie running back for the San Francisco 49ers, that's not much of a price to pay, Okay. First, I'll start with a quote from Anthony Lynn, who's now on Kyle Shanahan's coaching staff. Quote, we brought in some bigger guys this year, and that was intentional. And bigger guys usually stay healthier than smaller, speedier guys. I hope we didn't have the injuries we had in the past, but I like the options that we have. So there are two pathways to success for me for TDP. One, we know that the 49ers get to their second, third, or maybe even fourth string running back by the time week eight rolls around. So unless he stinks in terms of Ty Davis Price, just like Trey Sermon did during his rookie year, Ty Davis Price is going to get an opportunity at some point early on this season. But most importantly, number two, I'm betting on, I don't want to call it a significant philosophical change, but one that we should note. And I think that this team actually struggled running to the outside last season consistently until Debo Samuel's name was called, okay? And so if you go back to the history of Kyle Shanahan, if we look at the style of running back that was drafted along with Trey Lance in that same draft class, Trey Sermon earlier on, some more inside zones, some more zone read, some more read option stuff, a la Alfred Morris. What if we're getting Alfred Morris light with Ty Davis Price in that range once again so much later then we have to pay up for these other big-time running backs in a somewhat ambiguous backfield at 159 overall. My concerns are that he hasn't practiced much this offseason. Now, it's still early, but you do like to see the running backs get in there. And I also think that this is Elijah Mitchell insurance. I think Elijah Mitchell is good enough at the game. and He provides that speed element that Shanahan really wanted this new era of the Shanahan offense. So I think that this would require an injury. And I... Just because there's a lot of injuries to like Raheem Mostert doesn't mean that we're always going to have injuries 
uh, to this backfield. Um, but I hear you. Ty Davis Bryce is going to be competing with Trey Sermon for that bruiser role. Trey Sermon was miserable last year. Uh, Trey Sermon's healthy right now. So is Jeff Wilson. We're going to see what happens in training camp. But uh, we need to see Ty, Dav- Ty Davis Price get on the practice field a little bit more. I mean, for about a 220-pound back, though, his first five or 10 yards, he chews up ground. And these are very different runs than Eli Mitchell, who you and I both love. Like, yes. in terms of getting to the edge and creating some big plays in that environment, which the Shanahan's have been known for for years and years and years, this is a different style of player. And I'm not going to go out there and say, like, oh, the zone read, the read option is going to be the foundation of the running game. I mean, even go back to, you know, Alfred Morris's best season. I think he only had 57 zone reads, you know? Yeah. Still, 1,400 yards. This is just, again, a, a, a different prototype. And obviously, quote, the coaches want Trey Sermon to be more decisive. And David Lombardi, for exciting beat writers out here, the 49ers will count on Ty Davis Price to dish out bruises and eat up some carries and slashing into your runs. They see him as the tone-setting thunder that can produce synchronously with some lightning in the backfield. So he's not flashy. He's a hammer. And it's pretty clear that Cal Shanahan has wanted this type, and that's why he drafted Trey Sermon. He sucks. And so now he went out and got another one here with uh, with TDP. Next up, very similar to TDP, is Jamal Williams. Uh, fun fact, with his salary cap right now, he has the 11th highest salary cap of any Lions player in 2022. He's the 17th highest paid running back at the position. He has the size profile. We've seen it in stints with the Packers. And even last year, when DeAndre Swift uh, was injured, Jamal Williams had 15 uh, carries, 17 carries, 19 carries. He missed a couple games with COVID. The other thing I want to mention is he was coming back from a thigh injury. So he kind of busted as a as a insurance back last year, but there was a lot of injuries plus COVID going on. I think that this Lions team is just going to be better. They're going to be playing with more of a lead. Jamal Williams has that uh, thunder to his name. And I also want to note that he was just better than DeAndre Swift as a rusher. When you're looking at success rate, Jamal Williams was 23rd. DeAndre Swift was 49th out of 50 running backs. When it looks at EPA per carry, DeAndre Swift dead last after 50 50 running backs. Jamal Williams is 14th. I am betting on the Lions to be better. This offensive line looks sick. And I think that Jamal Williams could maybe mess around, score a couple goal line touchdowns here and there. But I think that if DeAndre Swift does get injured, it's Jamal Williams versus all these like small running backs who are mixing in last year. But the reality is Jamal Williams makes too much money. He's too big. And this offense is kind of catered around the running backs enough where I think Jamal Williams at 179th and ADP makes no sense to me. And his presence. I mean, when hard knocks rolls around, this the camera's going to be on Jamal Williams over and over and over again. But seriously, the, the figures that you noted with DeAndre Swift and his success or not in actually running the football, I don't want those to be overlooked. And we outlined this in our full running backs show. Hopefully you all tune in for that two-hour monstrosity. But for the running back eight overall in DeAndre Swift, I have some concerns as like a legit between the tackles vision runner who can break tackles in that area. Now he broke, I think, seven versus Pittsburgh Steelers as a rusher, and then about 12 the rest of the season. His massive, massive plays were so, you know, important in the receiving game. And sure, those can be replicated. And I'm not putting down DeAndre Swift as a, a young talent because there's a lot of room to grow. But we know, as you just outlined, arguably, maybe inarguably, Jabal Williams is a better runner, period. Between period, the tackles, at, at the least. Moment. Between, Between the, the tackles, tackles, yes. At the very least. And so if they're going to be in closer game scripts, in closer contests, and this is going to be a rotation where the where players win is, is going to be heightened and, and put out in a platter for this team to have success, then this makes a lot of sense, again, when you consider 
where Jamal Williams is going versus DeAndre Swift, again, as the running back eight overall, 15th overall pick on underdog fantasy right now. All right, who's next for you? Before we get there, we keep talking about underdog fantasy. If you all are not playing best ball this summer, what the hell are you doing? How are you spending your summers? Go and deposit up to a $100 deposit match if you use promo code the show. Okay, if we opened by former feature backs who are being overlooked at this part of the calendar, again, it was tough to find, but I found one and it's yes, James Robinson. Look, let's start with the negatives, okay? Torn Achilles on Christmas. He already wasn't a quick back in the opening five or 10 yards of his stride. And that might be impacted. But when you dig a little bit deeper, this is just the running back 53 overall right now, 170 overall. I am not closing the door on James Robinson. And again, he fits the former profile of lead backs who are being drafted in this range. Let's read the beat writers. ESPN's Michael Jaraka writes, it's quote, expected to, he's expected to be cleared to return at some point during training camp. Also notes that the Jaguars still view James Robinson as their top back. I didn't want to take just his word for it. Hey, and I did some digging behind the scenes with some Let's Jaguars go. writers as well. Wanted to keep their names off the record. Um, but they view James Robinson once healthy to split the early down work. And then Robinson is the one who's going to be viewed as the primary pass pro running back. So a lot of these people just believe that Travis Etienne is going to take every single passing down snap. You're going to hear me talk about this a lot moving forward. There's a clear delineation between quarterbacks and offenses out there. Can your offense handle the blitz and can it not? The Jaguars offensive line and as a group cannot right now. And so James Robinson's pass pro is going to be a critical piece of that offense. So when he gets out there, that's fine. And if he does get out there, let's say the third week of training campaign, I could see this ADP jumping, I don't know, 10 or 15 running back spots. Yeah. I just don't know what his Achilles injury is going to look like. I think it's, I think it's a little bit premature to think that he's going to be out there. Like, it's eight months back. Like that's just much, much faster. Than there seems to people. be a lot of optimism for it though. And be, like, we're not factoring that out. in at all in comparison again to where Travis Etienne is being selected right now. Who's also coming back from a significant injury. albeit he is practicing. Yeah. I'm betting that James Robinson is just going to be too quick for him to get ready for September. And that's why I actually wrote Snoop Connor's name as a like deep, deep sleeper. He's probably getting drafted five, 10% of the time. Uh, in Best Ball Mania 3, and I think that he has a size profile, 5'10", 222. They just drafted him this year. Uh, he's currently the number two running back behind ETN while James Robinson is rehabbing. He's at least a name out there that's complete leverage off of James Robinson and Travis ETN. So I think fire him up once every 10 drafts, something like that, and you'll be overweight. Okay, so I think we're four down, two more to go. Who's your last name? Eno Benjamin. Uh, this is just something I'm reading the B reporters, and they said that Benjamin feels like the number two running back right now. I that came from ESPN. That came from uh, one of the former Arizona Cardinals beat reporters. Uh, Eno Benjamin was somebody that was pretty interesting coming out of school. He's probably a little bit overhyped, but at Arizona State, he was an early declare. 335 touches, 295 touches in his two seasons. He can play on passing downs. I think that he's probably going to be viewed as like a miniature Chase Edmonds but he at mm. least had a three down workload. If something ever happens to James Connor, a kind of a stockier build. Yes. Undersized, but at least stocky. And this is also a bet against Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams is making $1.2 million as a true veteran. He was just brought in, was clearly not a priority for this franchise. They drafted Keontae Ingram. So I think there's a chance that Daryl Williams could not even make the roster. I'm not projecting that, but I think it's at least within the range of outcomes. And Daryl Williams was just 59th out of 61 running backs in yards after contact per carry 58th, in elusiveness out of 61 running backs. 
he's just never been good. You know, it's just as simple as that. So I think that Eno Benjamin, you're getting leverage off of Darrell Williams, who's being drafted like 160th overall. Eno Benjamin's going undrafted right now. So Eno Benjamin's right. That means that the Darrell Williams teams are wrong and the James Conner teams are wrong. And not many people even have Eno Benjamin. So I think stock up on him right now. Quick note. We have a full video on James Conner, who we absolutely love at the end of the third round right now as the running back 15. We know that Chase Edmonds last season had 116 carries, 43 receptions. I think you and I, if James Conner stays healthy, both believe that the combined second running back on the Cardinals will not reach those totals. Like the, it's this running back backfield is not going to be a, close to the same usage as it was last year because they have now paying James Conner as the 10th most running back money in the league. And they really didn't invest anything in this backup role. So I just think it's going to be the usage is different. So if if you're searching and I'm not saying you, but the theoretical you out there are searching for who's chase Edmonds this year. I don't think there is one. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. I think that, Eno Benjamin has the best chance of it. Um, and if he is a, like a little bit lighter of chase Edmonds, you might actually get a couple of usable weeks from, Eno Benjamin. So we'll find out in, in training camp preseason. Okay. Let's close out. With running back insurance, a running back handcuff, my favorite one that's flying under the radar with the Cincinnati Bengals, an offense that we absolutely love. His name is Chris Evans. This one is simple. This is the most explosive running back handcuff that not enough people care about. 95th percentile athlete. You can't blitz Joe Burrow. And now the offensive line is better because he's going to just dissect you when you send that extra man. And this team thrived on explosive plays last season. It is in their DNA. Guess who brings explosive plays to the table, and especially as a receiver? It's Chris Evans. And whenever I have a question about the Bengals, you all know my source. It's Joe Goodberry, May 2nd. Speaking of Chris Evans, quote, it will be running back two seasons. Also, I wanted them to get a gadget wide receiver in this draft. I guess that'll just have to be Chris Evans instead. Also, from May 2nd, yep, they're high on Chris Evans. Samaje Piran is fine, but he can be beaten out fairly easily. Chris Evans, I thought they drafted a yak-type wide receiver four, and now I think they just create more opportunities for a guy like Chris Evans. Again, until we started talking about him on the show, not to talk and pat ourselves on the back too much, he was going undrafted. Now around an ADP of 205 overall, he's an easy pick for me, easy pick in round 17 or round 18, because not only the explosive plays and just taking Samaje Pirine's backfield role, which he runs with the second team during preseason. Oh, buddy, he should be absolutely up there with the running back 50, running back 45 territory. But if Joe Mixon misses time, you have a potential league winner on your hands. Yeah, 100%. This Going back to the, the beginning of the show, good offense that uses their running backs. Andy has the size 5'11", 216 to handle the three-down workload. On top of it, he just happens to be super explosive from University of Michigan, too, and he wasn't being drafted early on. So I think that he'll, his, his ADP is basically almost a lock to increase. Samaji Piran is making $1.8 million this year. So not concerned. I think Chris Evans is the perfect blueprint of what a sleeper running back looks like, especially on underdog fantasy because he's going undrafted some points and there's some leverage still. Okay. One minute left. Give me two more names just real quick and I'll give you two more to close this out. Yeah, Deonta Foreman, I think, is going to be the uh, insurance to Christian McCaffrey over Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Foreman's bigger. They paid him more money. And I just don't think Chuba Hubbard is very good. I already overwent, you know, Benjamin. The other names I wanted to throw out, Benny Snell is basically not getting drafted at all. And trust me, I get it. Benny Snell is a plotter. He's a big dude. But he's competing with Anthony McFarland, who's 5'9", 198. Uh, Benny Snell's been the number two running back for the Steelers. Uh, Najee Harris 
led the position in snaps last year. I think that Benny Snell, who's lost weight, who's been a winner per training camp reports, I think that he should be getting drafted as uh, leverage off of Najee Harris. And then the last name is Keyshawn Vaughn. I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn's good, period. I thought Rashad White was good. But the fact of the matter is, is Keyshawn Vaughn was is a 25-year-old in his third season. Uh, Rashad White is, is a rookie. We don't know how that's going to play out. And Keyshawn Vaughn at least has the size, 5'10", 218. And the uh, the Bucks probably have the best workload of any position. Like They use their running back in the most elite way right now. That's why we're super high on Leonard Fournette. But I think that Keyshawn Vaughn is not getting drafted at all right now. There could be a chance we could look up on September 1st and realize that Keyshawn Vaughn's the, the true number two over Rashad White. I think it's a, basically a toss-up right now, and Keyshawn Vaughn's not getting drafted. Okay, I'll close out with a couple. We have to mention Alexander Madison always when talking about running back insurance. If he plays 65% of the snaps, he's going to score 14 points. He did that four times last season. Khalil Herbert, to me, is another pure running back insurance play that isn't being valued highly enough because everyone is just so down the Chicago Bears. In the two games, you know, he was a starter last year. He averaged 22 touches in each of those ball games. I understand if you think the Bears suck, I think the Bears are going to suck. But Khalil Herbert is undoubtedly good at the game. And again, Rashad Penny's, Darrell Williams, Boston Scott, Siante Foreman's helped people win millions of dollars in underdog fantasy last year. I'm a little nervous that the Ronald Jones, CEH, Jarek McKinnon dynamic, who's going to get the inside the 10 yard touchdowns. Maybe it's Ronald Jones in that James Conner role. Uh, and then two quick ones. Samir White, because Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake almost certainly in their final season with the Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe we get some week 13 on love for Zamir White, the rookie out of Georgia. And then don't let the Hassan Haskins pick for you or Deontay Foreman leaving the Tennessee Titans. Because I actually thought that Dontrell Hilliard looked like the best backup running back for Derrick Henry when he went down last year. And he's a name that no one is drafting in comparison to Hassan Haskins. Cool. Yep. Moral of the story, pick the big running backs, the backups. That's it. That's it. All right. Watch all the rankings for wide receivers, for quarterbacks, for tight ends and running backs. They're all linked down below. Hopefully you have smashed the subscribe button and the thumbs up during this episode. And if you're not playing best ball, fantasy football and underdog fantasy this summer, what the hell are you doing? All right. For Hayden, I'm Josh. We'll be back on Thursday. Talk to y'all soon. See ya. <laughs>